Sophie Hardy and the Internet Implant by Emma Dale. Narrated by Leona Hall. Chapter 2. First Day Back. As a treat for her starting year six, Sophie's mum and dad had said that she could start walking to school without them if she agreed to go with her two friends whose parents had made the same decision. It would have been three friends had Clara still been around, but that wasn't to be. So, as the lift reached the ground floor of Sophie's block of flats and the door slid open, there, waiting for Sophie, were Yasmin Aritti and Katie Brown. People sometimes thought that Yasmin could be a bit bossy and loud, but this couldn't be further from the truth. She was an extremely caring person who just let her confidence come out when she wasn't concentrating, but when she realised, she reined it back again. Yasmin's family were a lot richer than Sophie's. Her dad, Nicholas, whose mum, Yasmin's grandmother, had come over from Greece when Nicholas was little, was always out of the country on business, but the girls didn't really know exactly what he did. Yasmin's long, flowing, dark brown, almost black hair and light brown complexion reminded her of her Mediterranean roots, which her dad took very seriously. Katie, on the other hand, always wore her long, fiery red hair down to try and hide her face in an effort to make her teachers not notice her. A few years ago, Katie's dad had left and she hadn't seen him since. She had heard he was living in the town up the road and that he had a new girlfriend, but he made little effort to contact her and showed no evidence of wanting to see her other than a belated birthday card each year. Her dad's leaving had hit Katie's self-confidence hard, which explained her timid nature. She was, though, a lot better than she had been. Looking after her mum, Tasha, and mum looking after her, the pair of them had formed a rock-solid bond living on their own for all that time. As Katie was getting older and was now about to become one of the oldest at school, Sophie wished that she would show even more improvement in her confidence and self-belief and spend less time worrying about how unwanted she thought she was. Dressed in their unique lilac-coloured school jumpers and trousers, Katie and Yasmin turned and followed Sophie out of the building with only a muttered hey between the three of them. It was the first day back and none of them were particularly looking forward to it. Another whole year of, you need to pass this maths test or it'll look bad on you, or you need to pass this grammar test or you won't be able to write properly. Sophie could tell from her teacher's voice that she didn't actually believe what she was saying and in a weird way she respected her for it. However, no child was excited at the prospect of year six, the year of tests and the last year of glorious primary school. As they walked in near silence, no one noticed any more the damage which had been done to the local church about 20 years ago. It was all just something that existed in the background now. Tom had briefly told Sophie the very hazy story about how a giant had gotten loose and trodden on it before being chased away by the angry villagers. Sophie had heard many different stories about the olden days, but this one she found particularly hard to believe. It just sounded less believable than some of her dad's other stories. With it being the first time they had walked to school together without their parents, the three of them also didn't notice the huge increase in the amount of traffic that was on the road that morning. Lots of self-driving cars, another shadow invention that had crept in in the last ten years, and vans were making their way through the village of Pinkleton in the same direction as the three girls, but Sophie, Yasmin and Katie all remained unaware. Sophie just kept catching sight of people on buses or in cars zoned out using their implants when they could have been looking at the world around them. After her outburst last night, Sophie kept a lid on her grievance and carried on walking as another lorry drove past and turned up the road towards school. Pinkleton was a medium-sized village in the middle of England. Not a lot happened there. Occasionally there was a village fair. Around July time each year, there was the village music festival, Pinklefest, which consisted of local musicians trying to recreate the hits of their favourite bands. There was the odd time it got on the local news for something completely uneventful, but, on the whole... 
nothing happened in Pinkleton. Along with the rest of the world nowadays, it was all quite boring compared to what life sounded like around the time the girls were born. My dad told me about Echidna, the mother of monsters, last night, Sophie began to explain in an effort to spark discussion and interest. They say she had the tail of a snake and the body of a human and was married to Typhon, an enormous winged... Straight away, Sophie could see that the other two weren't actually as fascinated as she was and so backed out of her retelling as they also made the final turning onto the road that school was on. Neither Katie nor Yasmin were as intrigued by the history of the planet like Sophie was. Despite Yasmin's dad heralding from Greece, the place most synonymous with mythical creatures on Earth, he just didn't seem to remember what it used to be like when the mythicals were around, so Yasmin never really bothered asking. Sophie was sure she would be intrigued if she just decided to ask and pay attention, but Yasmin never acted on it, despite Sophie's appeals. Katie, on the other hand, was much too busy supporting her mum, who was working at least two jobs, to be interested in anything much else. Both of the two girls were very well aware of Sophie's desire to find out more, and for them it bordered on an obsession. When they rounded the corner that led to the school field, the conversation suddenly sprang into life about what greeted them. Peering as best they could through the thick hedge and tall green fence that separated the school field from the road, the girls could see that there were countless trucks and trailers with what looked like film crews carrying cameras and sound mics running around attempting to get organised for something. There was a hum of busyness about the school as hundreds, maybe thousands of people were shouting instructions to each other from one end of the field to the other. "'What's all this?' Katie quietly chirped in. "'My mum said there was something going off today.' But she couldn't, or wouldn't tell me what it was, Yasmin replied. Yeah, she told my dad about it. In fact, he said your mum was there as well, Katie, said Sophie inquisitively. Katie just shrugged, as she genuinely had no idea what Sophie was talking about. Sophie pondered about what, or indeed who, would be so important as to bring all this attention to the school field and the unremarkable village of Pinkleton, and she clearly wasn't the only one. All these happenings on the school field were most intriguing to the local residents as well, and a lot of them were slowly starting to form a crowd behind the tall fence that encased the hedge around the school. It seemed like the entire village had turned up and were desperately squinting through trying to get a better look. Most intrigued were the three girls. They picked up the pace, walked quickly round to the main gate, almost ran up the drive, which was a steep slope, and arrived on the school playground. It was on the opposite side of the school to the field, but still out of sight of the road due to its elevated position. They were just about to join the rest of the school and make a dash for the path that led to the back of the school to peer through at the hive of activity on the field before Mrs Tabard, the school's dinner lady, office manager, part-time caretaker and even, on special occasions, DJ, blew the ridiculously loud whistle to signal that it was time to line up. I wonder what it is, Sophie said, as she ushered some of the new foundation stage children to their line, as was expected of the year sixes. Yasmin didn't reply because she too was trying to help a younger child find the right line, and Katie had wandered off to get to the year sixes line. Their interests were piqued, but not as much as Sophie's. Before she could get surrounded by emotional foundation stage parents wishing their four-year-olds all the best on their first day, as if they were sending them off to war, Sophie lined up and asked other pupils what the drama was on the school field. Nobody knew, but the crowds grew larger still. Sophie leant over to Ryan Myers, the boy in year six that nobody really wanted to sit next to because his behaviour was so bad, and tried to ask him if he knew anything, but before she could get the question out, Mrs Tabard bellowed at her for even thinking about talking. Don't even think about it, Sophie. You should be setting the example. 
It had long been Mrs Tabard's dream to be a teacher, but many people assumed that she thought she didn't have the qualifications and so did any other job around school she could while dreaming of being a class teacher. A few seconds later, the silence descended from eerie to numbing as the teachers emerged from the school, which was up a slope from the playground the children were all lined up on. The children gazed up at them and some of the foundation stage even started crying, along with their parents, as the teachers came down to meet the children. Arriving in front of each class, the teachers stood as smart as they could, trying to set a good example. Mrs Tabard was still monitoring the noise level and kept barking at some of the younger children, who would now never dream of standing with their hands in their pockets again in their lives. Eventually, Mr Houghton, the head teacher, bounded out of school with bundles of enthusiasm. He virtually skipped down the steps, which was quite unusual to watch, as he wasn't a small man. In fact, he was enormous. He towered over the year sixes by about three clear feet and had arms like tree trunks. His slick black hair was parted immaculately at the sides and his boyish charm infected the playground. Take them in, everyone. Take these wonderful children in. Get them educated, he beamed, as he went over and introduced himself to some of the parents of the little ones that were still crying as their children skipped happily inside for their first day. All the teachers, except one, rolled their eyes at the over-exuberance from the head, tutted and asked their class to follow them. The one that didn't react grumpily like that was Sophie's teacher, Miss Sissons. She simply smiled at the children reassuringly and winked at them. Sophie and the girls had been taught by her in year five and she had kindly volunteered to follow them into year six and help them do the best they could in order to make year six as bearable as possible. She was the one that made learning fun for the children. She was the shoulder to cry on if someone had upset you or the one to boost your confidence if you were feeling down about yourself. Even Katie had come slightly out of her shell with her last year. Her hair was dark and curly, but short and going grey at the temples. She was only short. Her skin was the darkest Sophie had ever seen and her eyes varied between friendly and approachable to teacher stare in a heartbeat. Miss Sissons pointed with her head towards the school, telling the class to follow. She then turned on her heel and led them inside. Itching to ask Miss Sissons what on earth was going on, the class all scampered in and found their seats. Being in the same room as last year, the class just automatically drifted into last year's chairs and awaited eagerly the news they hoped Miss Sissons would inevitably bring. The Sophie Hardy Saga was written and produced by Emma Dale and narrated and produced by Leona Hall. If you enjoyed it and would like to continue to follow the adventures of Sophie and her friends in coming episodes, then please subscribe through one of the many podcast providers out there. The links for each of these can be found on our website. If you require more information, visit our many social media channels or if you would like to purchase a hard copy of the book, then be sure to check out www.sophiehardysaga.com. Thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy. Thank you.